So we are in a very interesting time in America today. Now, let's call it what it is. We've been in a very interesting time in America um, over the last probably two, three years here with the Black Lives Matter movement, with COVID, with a pending and looming recession, but let's not even talk about that, with um, just the surge of, of, of the LBGTQ community and certain elements of DE&I and changing language and changing expectations of the workforce. And we're going through a lot. I think we all can agree. But more directly towards what's happening currently, lots of organizations are conducting hiring freezes. So if you're an organization that may be listening, that will be considering or already in the, in the process of implementing a hiring freeze, it's probably a really, really good idea that you maintain, retain, engage, and support and love the people that you have right now. It's probably a really good idea. It's probably a good idea for a myriad of reasons, right? The number one reason is probably a good idea is because you want to objectively make sure that you put yourself in a position to keep things at a high level productivity-wise, serve your customers and your clients and however your business model is structured at the same level or not even above the, the level that you currently desire. Um... I mean, there's many reasons why it's a good idea to retain talent, right? I mean, these, these reasons are obvious. That's why you kind of, you see me pausing here because I'm just going to start rattling off very obvious reasons. I think the, the biggest reason is if you're doing a hiring freeze, that means you're trying to maintain and, 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 and hoard shekels and cash, right? You're trying to say, you know what? We, if we're going to reinvest any amount of, of any amount of dollars, it's going to be into the people we have now. It's going to be into product. It's going to be into a myriad of things. It's not going to be into new talent because right now we don't know how what inevitably is going to be happening in the world is going to affect us. So we're going to be a little bit more secure and humble with the shekels. And I get it. So if that is your mindset, I have something I want to share with you. For those that have been listening to this podcast for the, the few years that I've been doing it, you know about this core 18 company process methodology that I that, that I believe in love. It's held under my, uh, my, my overall Beyond Resume organization, which is held in connection in conjunction to, to the E1B2 collective, right? And so within that, there is an initiative that I believe a lot of folks within organizations can take advantage of in today's climate. It's incredibly important to understand about... 18 variables of a human being at an operational level to make sure you can make tweaks and adjustments to to support, have strategic empathy and intentional love for how they want to experience work moving forward. Because again, going back to the common sense variable, if you're doing a hiring freeze, and your CMO right now is so, 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 so important to your organizational roadmap over the next six months. And you know for a fact it would not be a great idea for you to go and try to spend the money, time, energy, and find a new CMO. You probably want to make sure that you retain that CMO right now. 
So let's get into the core team. The first section of the core team is skill development. So your CMO may be someone that actually may have a desire to level up their own skills. Maybe, maybe not. But I don't know if that's even important to them. And that's actually something I probably should preface before we get into the core team. The core team and the thesis behind it is very simple. There are 18 elements of someone's operational day-to-day within an organization that you as an organization need to find ways to figure out which of the 18 are going to be most vital, most important to them. So in this particular example, maybe skill development is not the biggest importance for the CMO, right? But maybe it is. And if it is, then maybe the skill development is something you need to really understand, right? And what I mean by that is if you want to understand how to retain that CMO and they want to level up in skills that are outside of their traditional scope, and that's something that's for whatever reason is incredibly important to them right now. And what I mean by important, I mean it's going to start to give them anxiety if they don't develop that particular skill. It's going to start to make them a little bit irritable. It's going to start to make them a little bit more uncomfortable. It's going to start to make them want to look at other organizations if they can't develop that skill within the confines and the structure of their role today within your company. So it makes a lot of sense to understand that. So it makes a lot of sense, probably the CEO who that CMO will be reporting to, to understand what they need, what they're looking for when it comes to skill development. Let's drop down a level, though, because I think a CMO is a bad example. Let's go to your traditional director level leader within sales, talent, product, whatever it's going to be. You should understand their internal communication needs and preferences. Now, what do I mean by that? Internal comms can show up and mean a lot of different things. It can mean your simple, basic things around how the organization communicates to an employee and how the employee has the the flexibility and the technology and the and the scopes of how they communicate with their fellow their fellow leaders and their fellow um, and their fellow individuals. You also have to consider. You also have to consider, um, from a from a from a from an internal comms perspective, how much information one wants to have privy to them, to help them consciously make strategic decisions to feel comfortable. I know from a DEI perspective, certain people don't feel psychologically safe within organizations because they don't have enough information at their disposal. So I know a lot of organizations from an internal comms perspective are doing a really good job of making sure the intranets are up to date, making sure the comms that they're providing, whether it's a fireside chat internally, whether it's an email, whether it's a one-on-one, they're making sure that the director level in this particular example has enough information about what's happening internally within the org, the minds of those that they're repeating, they're, they're reporting to, what's happening on the strategic roadmap, what's happening on the strategic roadmap that may have to particularly benefit and impact their role, right? So internal comms may be incredibly important to them. Real life support, day-to-day culture, leadership performance and coaching and training. Change management communication needs. Organizations are going through a lot of change right now. So maybe you might want to make sure that you put a hyper focus and attention on change management. And the communications that one individual needs when it comes to the communications around the change management. 
How much information do they need to know about what the, the changes that are inevitably coming? How can you emotionally support them and understand what it looks like to emotionally support them through these, through these changes from a communication perspective? What I'm trying to say is the following. Whether it's change management communication needs, whether it's rewards and recognition, whether it's employee one-on-ones, whether it's leadership performance and coaching, whether it's day-to-day culture needs, whether it's expectations of the supervisor, whether it's decision-making culture preferences, whether it's meeting structure, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's, you know, upscaling and rescaling, whether it's, uh, you know, whatever it's going to be. I mean, there's many, no matter what it is. It's incredibly important in today's climate, if you know for a fact you don't have the money, time, energy, desire to start hiring a bunch of people, that you understand some of these categories that I just listed off. And when I say understand, you understand how David, at an individual level, wants to restructure his rewards and recognition program, expectations of the company and things that are going to make him excited and engaged. You understand what he needs from an employee one-on-one perspective. You understand what he needs when it comes to performance and coaching and upskilling and development. And what he needs directly from you. The one that he reports to. The one that he looks at as a mentor. As a friend. As a supporter of the work that he's doing. It's incredibly important to make sure you understand what he's looking for from a day-to-day culture perspective. All of these factors are incredibly important in today's climate. You have to contextualize and individualize the, num- the, 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 the experience that every single employee will be feeling at a day-to-day operational perspective. The things that I just listed off are, 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 are operational. They show up day-to-day. These are things that they will encounter Monday through Friday, 30, 40, 50 weeks out of the year. The expectations they have with their supervisor it's probably a good idea to restructure those to make sure that there's alignment in today's climate. I'm just saying. Real life support. It's probably a good idea to know if, if one of your best employees who you don't want to go and try to you know, recruit a new one to replace them because they're leaving your company. It's probably a good idea from a real life support perspective. It's pro- I'm just saying it's probably a really good idea to know a little bit about what's happening in their life. Are they having trouble at home? Are they having their mother, their in-laws moving in for whatever reason? Did their dog pass away? Are they having mental health issues? How are they dealing with the, the world in the climate today? Are they having financial issues? Are, just what is happening in real life? Are they having problems with their children and their children with school and or their children with just the, the ebbs and flows of, of a growing child? Like like what I'm saying and, and honestly what's common sense is it's a good idea to just know the real life variables of the person that you do not want to leave your company so that you as an organization and you directly as a leader can figure out ways to support that person contextually. In a way that will make them feel special. In a way that will individually support them. I'll give you my last one. Contextual learning and development style. If someone wants to upskill and develop and make more money. And that is something that's on their roadmap for the next six months. Regardless of what's happening in the organizational climate. And that's an option that you're willing to consider. 
but you need them to learn and develop and upskill their, their, their capabilities. How can you help them do that? How can you create a win-win? How can you understand their style, their needs, their preferences? The design of the learning and development curriculum. How can you get their input and their buy-in from that so that when you go to try to support them on that upskilling initiative and that path, it can be designed and structured in a way that behooves them, that engages them, that makes them feel comfortable, safe, so they don't leave your company and go upskill and develop and find a new role somewhere else. I know a lot of these things may seem common sense, but I guarantee you a lot of organizations are not, organ- are not, are not individualizing the experience. If you are an organization right now where you're doing a hiring freeze, then you need to take all the rest of your energy, all the rest of your resources, and the people that you have in leadership positions and start to scale individual experiences at large. It makes a ton of sense at an operational level. It makes a ton of sense at a financial level. And best of all, it makes a ton of sense at a human being level. The ripple effect from an employer branding perspective, from an MPS perspective, and a passive recruiting perspective once you unlock the hiring freeze will be substantial. Thank you.